Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be Moreover, they did not require an account from the men into whose hand they delivered the money to be paid to workmen, for they dealt faithfully. The money from the trespass offerings and the money from the sin offerings was not brought into the house of the Lord. It belonged to the priests. Okay, so King Joash, he put a chest in the doorway of the temple courtyard and made the priests cough it up and put in all the money that had been raised for the restoration project. So they counted it up and they used it to pay the workers that had the right skills. So I want you to consider that the priest initially, they did not do their job. So there was a lack of commitment going on. But now here in verse 15, it says that when they paid the workers, they did not require an account from them. In other words, they didn't force the workers to sign any kind of a contract. You'll have it done by this date or by these you know procedures. They just paid them and they knew these workers would get the job done. Now, we went from not doing the work to everybody did the work so well that they didn't need to hold them to any accountability. What what in the world's going on here? What we see here is that in the temple, where there had once been a lack of integrity, a lack of drive, now integrity had returned. So it looks to me like everyone involved in this project suddenly, what do you call it? Changed. (laughs) What's going on? Look at this. Now that the king and the high priest had got involved, it really prodded everybody to wake up. And now they started to see things differently. Now they had a real commitment to the Lord now that the king and the high priest stepped in. Now they became motivated to do this work and so much motivation that they were not made to give an account for their work because everybody knew that they wanted to do it. Because it says in verse 15, it says they dealt faithfully. When someone works faithfully, you can see it. I mean, they're in there. They're just killing it. They love it. You don't need a contract drawn up to make them do it because they're there because they want to do it. When somebody works faithfully, you trust them. So integrity was once absent from the temple. But now that the king and the high priest suddenly got involved, now people are different. So now they're not coughing up their money. They're coughing up their service. (laughs) Things just got real, didn't it? Nice. So in verse 13, it says that all the money they had raised was not used for any of the temple furnishings. I take this to mean that there was only enough money for the temple restoration alone. The furnishings that were to be in the temple, those were the tools that the priests used to do their work when they did their temple work in service to the Lord. So let's say they rebuilt the temple and they get that done, but there's still no furnishings inside. 
Now, what a dead temple if there's no tools in there to get any work done, right? This is a problem. But where did the original temple furnishings go? That was something I had on my mind as I researched this, and I found it in Second Chronicles 24. It says that the wicked queen Athaliah, she had broken into the temple of God and stole the furnishings to put them in the temple of Baal. So that's where the furnishings went. So now here's a new problem. The workers are about to finish the temple. They're about to restore it back up. But without the furnishings inside, how could the priests get any work done? Watch this. I want to show you something from Second Chronicles 24, verse 13. So the workmen labored, and the work was completed by them. They restored the house of God to its original condition and reinforced it. When they had finished, they brought the rest of the money before the king and Jehoiada. They made from it articles for the house of the Lord, articles for serving and offering, spoons and vessels of gold and silver. And they offered burnt offerings in the house of the Lord continually all the days of Jehoiada. Okay, now look at this. Now we're cooking, all right? It was kind of pointless to have a temple without furnishings in it, but now the priests could get back to work because what happened? The Lord equipped them after the temple was built back up again. Big point here, so I'm going to say it again. The Lord equipped them after the temple was built back up. 2 Kings 12 and 17. Hazael, king of Syria, went up and fought against Gath and took it, then Hazael set his face to go up to Jerusalem. And Jehoash, king of Judah, took all the sacred things that his fathers, Jehoshaphat and Jehoram and Ahaziah, kings of Judah, had dedicated, and his own sacred things, and all the gold found in the treasuries of the house of the Lord and in the king's house, and sent them to Hazael, king of Syria. Then he went away from Jerusalem. Now the rest of the acts of Joash and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Judah? And his servants arose and formed a conspiracy and killed Joash in the house of the Milo, which goes down to Silla. For Josachar, the son of Shimeath, and Jehozabad, the son of Shomer, his servants, struck him. So he died, and they buried him with his fathers in the city of David, then Amaziah, his son, reigned in his place. Wow, what a sudden turn of events here at the end of the chapter. So why are we suddenly having to read this big of a downturn flop? I mean, things were looking up, and then all of a sudden we just crashed. <laughs> well, we already know that Joash did well as long as the high priest Jehoiada was alive. But right after he died, Joash started listening to godless advice. So what the point of this sudden downward spiral is, it's to show us how weak the kingdom of Judah had become after Joash fell from the Lord. Joash should have stayed committed to the Lord God, and he should have listened to what Jehoiada had taught him. He really should have learned from the Temple Restoration Project that the Lord provides for his people, especially when they're united together with integrity and when they are faithfully committed to serving him. Friends, have you ever been taught lots of good things by good pastors or good friends and family that were God-worshiping, good Bible-reading people, and they tried to instill into you good lessons for you to follow, and you're listening to them, yeah, okay, that's important to them, so you're listening, you're doing, but then you just came to a point in time where you just quit, you just stopped doing it, and you wonder where the problems in your life have come from. 
You think it may be because you stopped obeying the Lord God, you stopped listening to the good advice that you were freely given by somebody who was trying to help you. Maybe it's a good time to turn back, right? Back to the Lord. And also, friends, this is why it's so important to stay in the body of Christ within a church of good, godly believers, because that will keep you around a good and godly influence of people who can tremendously affect your conduct if you will just listen to what they're teaching you from God's Word. Just look at how badly Joash fell after he turned from the Lord and stopped listening. He started off well, and a lot of people say that. Well, you know, I started off good. I was raised a Christian. I got saved in uh, camp when I was church camp when I was sixteen, and I always listened to my mom and dad. But you know, but somewhere along the way, you just stopped. Okay, that was Joash's problem. He stopped, and it caused his whole kingdom to get so weak that when this evil king came to attack Jerusalem, Joash had to sell off everything he had. He had to dig into his treasuries. He had to give into all the things that. The king, his fathers before him had the sacred things that they had collected that had any value. He had to give it all to this king to make him turn away from Jerusalem. He had to pay this guy off to not attack. So what you see is that Joash stopped listening to what Jehoiada had taught him, and it made him so weak, and it made his kingdom so weak. He had to sell everything he had. He lost it all, guys. It cost him his life eventually because you saw the conspiracy. They struck him and killed him. It cost him everything he had because the Lord gave him over to these conspirators who would kill him. The Lord gave him over to this king that came in to take over and conquer. He had to pay that guy off, and that still didn't work. He died. Friends, if you're not listening to good and godly advice, and people are out there trying to tell you, I'm on the radio, I'm on this podcast trying to tell you the best I can, but if you're not going to listen, that's on you. And it will cost you everything. My advice, stop listening to the news. Stop listening to what everybody says. And start listening to what God wants for you in your life. It will make a tremendous difference to you and how your life turns out. The point is that when you turn from God, you could very well lose everything you have, including your life. Maybe you're saved by Jesus and you have genuinely given your life to Jesus in the past. Maybe so. But it still stands that if you get away from godly fellowship, then you'll start listening to worldly thinking. And that's what will cut you off from having the full blessing of God's provision. Friends, I want you to consider how the temple was in bad shape and it was in severe need of being rebuilt back up again. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So, friends, today the temple is us. Those who believe in Jesus Christ, we make up the body of Christ. We are the temple. But the temple has gotten in bad shape, hadn't it? Have you fallen off from listening to the Lord God? Maybe you, your part of the temple, has gotten in some pretty bad shape because you've fallen into sin. And we've all fallen into sin. The temple has been in bad shape in my part, too. It's just the same as the priests who were given the task to rebuild the temple, but they didn't do it. So why didn't they do it? Because their sin took priority. Their sin of worshiping a false god caused them to fall into dead religion. They're walking around the temple. Hey, I'm a priest. You a priest, too? Yeah, I'm a priest. Well, let's just do priest stuff together. 
and they're walking around doing their little priestly things, but they got lost in dead religion. They forgot about God. They had no drive. They had no integrity. They weren't building the temple up. They had no drive to worship the Lord God in the way that he wanted to be worshiped. Sinful dead religion does not have the power to lift anything up. Their sinful dead religion did not get the temple rebuilt at all, did it? And so it was a shame that somebody as high up as the king had to leave his throne and come step in and intervene to rebuild the temple that dead religion had failed to do. God had planned long ago to build us up into his temple, but because of us falling into sin, we were in need of repair. John 2.19, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. So when Jesus said that to the Pharisees, they thought he was talking about the same temple that Joash wanted to rebuilt, the the stone temple that was the physical building. But Jesus was talking about the temple of his body at that time. You see, Jesus had to die on the cross, pay for our death penalty, so that he could build up the body of believers, which is known as the body of Christ. Jesus was talking about rebuilding the temple, not the physical temple the body of Christ believers. Friends, we are the body of Christ. We are the temple. And since our sinful dead religion couldn't get the job done, I've seen people walk around playing religion, playing church, in all kinds of churches, even good churches. They'll, you can still have dead people in a good godly church, but they're in there not listening, like Joash did with Jehoiada. They're dead religion. And dead religion can't rebuild the temple. Since our dead religion couldn't get the job done, King Jesus had to leave his throne and come and build up what we all have failed to do. Now, we read that Jehoiada the high priest also stepped in to do the work for the temple rebuilding too. So it wasn't just the king, it was also the high priest. Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Friends, what this means is that Jesus is both our king and he is our high priest all in one guy. (laughs) So what a great illustration we got in today's story that you have the temple that was very much damaged. It needed repair and dead religion couldn't fix it. So both the king and the high priest had to intervene to do the work of rebuilding the temple that dead religion could not do. Friends, that's what the Lord did for us. We are the body of Christ. We are the temple. We all fell into sin, especially me. We all fell into sin. And our best dead religion, the best we could pull off, couldn't fix anything. We were needed saving. And so the king and high priest, Jesus Christ, he stepped away from his throne to come and build us back up. Thankfully. Our great king and our high priest are both fulfilled in Messiah Jesus. And so now those who come to believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, once you put your trust in him, he will build you up too into his temple. And guess what that will do to you? It will change you. You cannot encounter Jesus and be the same you've always been. He will change you. I want you to remember how the priests were not really doing the work they were supposed to do. They weren't really working together. Their dedication was dead. Their loyalty was dead. They weren't obeying the king. 
They weren't doing what the king told them to do. But right after the king and the high priest intervened and got involved, then suddenly a really big change occurred. And suddenly, where there had once been a lack of integrity, now integrity had returned. Now a sudden drive had come back. A devotion to God had had suddenly come back into the picture. People were operating in faith all of a sudden. Everybody was working together with a faithful sense of duty to engage in the proper worship of God. I always say, no change, no conversion. No change, no salvation. If You you cannot claim to be saved by Jesus if you're still living the same sinful way that you always have. You have to change. You can't just claim to be saved and let that be that. That's dead religion. You're not listening. You're not obeying. You're not loyal. You're not driven. There's no integrity. You can't say, well, I believe in Jesus and then not follow him. That, there's, that doesn't add up. Jesus will change you, and he will cause you to wake up, and he will cause you to see things different with a real commitment in your life to serve and worship the Lord. You can't be saved by Jesus and be the same way you've always been. Change in Jesus will motivate you. Remember, verse 15 says, they dealt faithfully all of a sudden. Why? Because they suddenly had their faith switch on. Because King Jesus, the high priest, changed them. Jesus, our king priest, will change you. And so they finished the temple and the original money collection. It did not have enough to cover the furnishings that the temple still needed inside it. But what we did see was that the Lord provided for all of that later. He equipped what lacked. Before the integrity, there was nothing inside to work with, but then the Lord provided for that. Friends, what we see from this is that after you commit your life to the Lord faithfully, He will build you up. And then whatever you lack for serving God, He will soon provide it. Philippians 4.19 And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. (laughs) I just love how the church body of believers, the temple, can work faithfully together with integrity to serve and worship the Lord together. And a lot of people love the sound of that. Oh, worshiping God together, that's great. But also there's a lot of people that will not stick with the church, with the assembly of believers. I want you to remember what happened to Joash when he let other people get into his ears. He fell headlong into sin, and he stopped listening to the good godly advice that he had. He started listening to bad advice. He did not stay committed to what Jehoiada had taught him. He should have stayed under godly influence. Now, friends, if you can look at at Joash and say, yep, he he should have stayed under godly influence, if you can say that for him, then you got to realize the same goes for you and me too. Hebrews 10, 24, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. You know, I've got people that say, well, you don't have to go to church to be saved. Well, no, you don't. To be saved, you don't have to get saved in a church at all. But after you get saved, the devotion and the Change should be there to make you want to be in the assembly of believers so that you can hear good things in your ears, being built up together with the temple. I have this little pencil trick that I do. I take a big bunch of pencils, maybe 50 pencils, all wrapped up together in a rubber band and a big round uh, log of pencils, I guess. 
And I ask people, can you break these pencils? And typically they can't, not that many. The more pencils, the harder it is, and they, they can't break it. But I have one pencil in the bunch that is a different color. Say it's a bright orange or bright green, different color pencil. And I show them that one pencil, and I say, well, let's suppose this pencil is you. And the rest of the other pencils is the body of Christ that you should be hanging around with. But let's say I'm the enemy, I'm Satan, and I want to mess with you. And I want to break just you. I grab that one discolored pencil that's different, and I start pulling it away. I say, look, all I got to do to break you is start working on you to get away from the group. That big bunch of pencils that you couldn't break, all I got to do is start sliding you out from them. And once I get you far enough away, snap, you're mine. See, I can break one little pencil, but I can't break a whole big collection of them. Why? Because the collections together, they're harder to break. But if I wanted to break just you, all I got to do is convince you to get out of the assembly. Friends, this is why you should be in a church body. You need to be in the assembly. You're harder to snap. You're not as easy a prey for the enemy to attack. You know, animals work that way. And uh, I've seen those documentaries for the, with uh, predators and prey. They stick together. And what happens is that the animals that that play outside of the herd or they get away from the herd, that's the one that the predators will take out because they're not inside the assembly. We have been given the command. I read it to you in Hebrews 10. We've been given the command to build up the temple, to stir up love and good works. That's to build up the body of Christ. The expense has already been paid for. Remember the priest said, raise the money. We don't have to raise money. The expense, spiritual expense, has already been paid for by Jesus dying on the cross. We should not be forced to have to cough it up like the dead religion priests were ordered. Our service should be willing. Friend, are you struggling with your willingness to serve the Lord? Let me pray for you, and let's take care of that right now. Pray with me if you would. Father, forgive me for getting away from the assembly, from the body of Christ. I'm sorry. I don't want to be easy prey anymore. And Lord, I'm starting to realize that the problems I'm having, like that king that went up to raid Israel, to raid Jerusalem, and he had to be paid off with everything he had. Lord, I feel like everything I'm doing is costing me everything I have. But now I realize why I've gotten away from hearing good and godly advice. I've gotten away from godly fellowship. Lord, I need to return back to the body of Christ. Forgive me. Thank you for saving me. I know I'm bound in covenant with that, but I need to get back into the body and forgive me for that. I'm going to look for a church. I'm going to get to a Bible-believing church, and I'm going to go and attend, and I'm going to get in there deep, and I'm going to stay. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me for that, for falling away. I, I, I just want to come back. And for those of you who have not given your life to Jesus and you want to be saved, it's really simple. Just follow me in prayer here. Lord, I sinned, and I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Thank you for paying my way that my dead self, my dead religion, my belief system couldn't fix. I give you my life. You are now Lord. Thank you. I belong to you. Thank you for giving me the gift of eternal life. Jesus is Lord. I believe you were raised from the dead for me. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to know that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. 
We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.